Uh, welcome to Partial Immersion, a somewhat infrequent <laughs> out-of-character out uh, journey into the world of Full Immersion, uh, where we'll be speaking as players rather than characters, uh, and we'll be answering listener questions. If you'd like to send them in, send them to nearreadinggrid at gmail.com, and hopefully we'll answer them. Uh, we can't promise this format is going to happen very frequently, but maybe in some down weeks between missions, that kind of thing. Um, so I was going to let me let me lead off I, to save Alex's voice a little bit. I'll probably I'll probably host these sessions, um, but I'd like to ask Alex straight away uh, what his inspiration was for uh, the first two missions, in particular the owl theft, uh, but the second one as well, the byword theft is quite interesting. Uh, how did you come up with these missions? Yeah, so um, one of the interesting things about the I'm going to end up making this question, question way bigger than it really needs to be, but one of the interesting <laughs> things about the sprawl is. You have a lot of moving parts by the end of character creation and world creation that a lot of the time, what, the way that you get inspiration is by like combining two or three elements and, let, and then the game kind of like spring into life from there. And that sounds a bit abstract and weird, so let me attempt to explain. So when we finished, when we finished character creation and corp creation for this game, we'd put a bunch of interesting corps on the board. I, I thought they all had good stories behind them, but notably Jinteki Perfect Friends had not been covered by any of the characters. None of the characters run missions against them. And so I thought, well, for the sake of getting them into play, having them be a factor, they should be running a mission against them right from the beginning. This is also good because it means that we won't end up with a corp with its clock at like 10 or 11 o'clock, like right from, right from the start of the game. Um, so like it kind of did double duty where... I thought it would be fun so to... You knew it was to, going to be animal-related. I did. I knew it was going to be animal-related right from the beginning because um, I knew that it, I wanted to do Jinteki Perfect Friends. And again, like, when you're when you're doing a mission for a corp, if in doubt, the good idea is to take what's really important, unique, and special about that corp and make a mission about that thing, which is the reason that you weren't, like, kidnapping a Perfect Friends executive or, like, destroying, uh, like, a computer bank or something, like a mission you could do for any corp. I wanted it to be something that said perfect friends all over which meant that an animal heist was just extremely extremely obvious thing to do from that point right um your characters are pretty well set up to steal things and get into like um get into action pack situations so that seemed really obvious um i like a good art gallery so that's where i kind of got that idea from like i knew an exhibition was fun that was an exhibition was a good idea because i could get hb on the table as well so we could involve another right. corp and have security for argus so i knew i wanted you to steal an animal i can't remember i think until like the day before the mission it was a different animal but sadly i can't remember what it was i don't think it was oh, like okay. a fish or an octopus i think it was a <laughs> it was going to be like it might have just been like a teacup giraffe or a cat or a dog. And I was like, this is fine, but I'm not, this isn't like, this isn't that exciting. So I had to try and think of something a bit weirder, but I didn't want it to be something truly exotic. Like, how do you steal an octopus? It just doesn't make sense. No, I, I, I like the owl. I, I think it's it's very kind of symbolic. Yeah. Uh, Plus also, as I've said, Blade Runner's like my favorite cyberpunk thing. And an owl is like a big part of the imagery of Blade Runner. You mentioned in the lead up, I think to the first session, maybe during planning that the way uh, maybe even during character creation, the types of characters we'd all picked were very kind of action oriented. Yeah. We wanted to go like kind of heist style missions rather than anything more kind of uh, I don't know, like deep and planning, Pol politically or, and talky. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's uh, something we I, might explore a little bit just because it might be fun to show these characters like doing something they're not perfectly related for. But in general, it's best to just let everyone do what they're really good at because that's the way playbooks work. People pick playbooks that make them want to do, that, that show what they're interested to do. So it's a little bit mean as a GM to be like, oh, you're a, 
You're a quick, quick-thinking, infiltrated cat burglar. Okay, well, now you're going to get interrogated by the police for three hours. Let's see how you deal with that. Like, that's something to do with later. But at the start, you want to be like, let's hit these characters' strong suits. And which is, again, is another way that missions end up being written because you're like, okay, well, Harris is a is a hunter, so they should you should be after a thing. Okay, you should be after an owl. And like, okay, you need to break into a gallery with security systems, so now the infiltrator has something to do. Okay, there's a bunch of Argus guards there so that the killer has someone to fight. Like, And once you're done doing that, the mission is almost complete and yeah the um the owl thing just makes sense because yeah there's the famous bit in blade runner where he's like do you like our owl it's artificial of course it is so like yeah the mission wrote itself is the short version of, of my answer that's cool uh and how was it to write the the transition into a mission two <laughs> yeah well so that kind of sprang from mission one um again when you're trying to do things that the game tells you you should do you end up with inspiration so i was trying to hit as many directives as possible when i wrote the gallery mission and Zen has protective of Byroid, so I was like, well, maybe if Argus tried to steal a Byroid partway through, that will maybe be a future plot hook. Plus, even if it's not, it's going to hit a directive. And then, because you roll badly on your get paid roll, it immediately, you immediately needed to do something that I felt continued on from the last mission. So, get the Byroid back was really obvious. So, that again, like, that was just a bunch of factors coming together. In it, was, game it was really itself. interesting, it, and it made the transition between the missions feel really kind of organic. Instead of, I feel like there's a risk, uh, maybe, that they might feel very um, siloed and episodic. So having them kind of flow together was very nice. Yeah. Obviously, it was terrible because we <laughs> rolled badly. But yeah, <laughs> it, I was really it, yeah, pleased was nice. with the two-mission arc that we had for this. And then, and then I was really pleased that you also managed to pick options in the get paid that like kind of tied this off and gave you a breather and gave you a break so that you don't feel like you're going through a vicious cycle it was like this is what can happen one mission can lead to another but not always sometimes you do earn some room to breathe in the sprawl and that's what you did yeah cool um so one of the other things i was interested in was to do the characters uh i wondered if anyone in particular had uh specific inspirations for the characters like we did the character creation episode where uh obviously we each kind of described the character we're trying to create uh, i just wonder what inspiration people took uh i'm happy to go kind of left to right as i'm looking at them so chris did you have any particular inspiration for esteban in yeah, designing him? i did actually um so one, I didn't know what to play, uh, so I was about five minutes... In fact, I decided as we were talking during the uh, character creation session, um, but there is a character in the uh, Red Rising books by Piers Brown uh, called Mickey, who is uh, very similar in a lot of ways. So um, the directives I picked for Esteban are kind of based on his viewpoints as a character. Um, he's got the same kind of concept of uh, his morality is is kind of skewed by his beliefs of what he's, his self-importance of what he's doing essentially uh, and I thought that would give interesting uh, opportunities while role-playing and make a character who's a little bit distinct from from normal so that's where a lot of the background came from yeah i like uh i like esteban you uh deliberately or otherwise you uh play him very well as a, a character who constantly feels like everything is going terribly <laughs> yeah uh, so so so, so he, he, he's out of his depth so that, <laughs> that's something that i that a lot of character i think development is is organic and that kind of sprang up in my head in in mission one that he always felt like he was out of his depth that's not what he feels like he should be doing and that again it, it just gives you a a nice hook i think that's something like that you can carry on playing on throughout the the game yeah, it's a nice, uh, very nice recurring arc. Uh, Don, did you have any specific inspiration when you were thinking of Harris when you put him together? I 
don't really think I did. I don't normally try to derive inspiration when I'm making role-playing game characters from specific pop culture things. I'm sure someone did level an accusation of it being like Deckard against me briefly. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I have only you go, actually you started quite yeah. And that's now you've the thing. Your own... Like as I was making it, but the thing is, I have only half watched Blade Runner, so that would be impossible anyway. Um, yeah. So no, and then to be honest, I think I just really wanted to make something that fit quite well with the rest of the team so i thought the hunter playbook was a good fit for that and then beyond that sort of just starting from that point i wanted to choose directives that gave me a bit of a a twist to it i like the the um filial directive where you have to follow somebody's advice i thought that'd be a good way to link into um like a, a specific extra character and bring more interesting like social play into the game yeah I feel like the hunter in general has got a very much like a private eye, like twenties, uh, hardball detective feel about it. And Netrunner has that in it anyway. It's often defined as yeah, cyber noir. So cyber I feel noir. like that's yeah. part of the reason that Harris really works is because the hunter playbook and Netrunner take the same inspiration. I'm not sure why, but Harris kind of reminds me of Raymond Flint. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> why that he has this kind of like detective. He's not a detective, yeah, but somewhat. for some reason I can picture him in like a trench coat and just like following up leads, hitting the streets. Definitely like, I can reasonable. Yeah. Raymond Flint also has an ex-military past. That's again, and that's another common detective trope. Ah, uh, yes, of you course have he a military does. Background. Haley, uh, did you have any particular inspiration uh, from Zen Zen Bunny? Did you uh, draw from particular characters when kind of uh, putting together the parts? She's quite multifaceted, I think. <laughs> you say that. Um, I like the whole bioroid twist. Like, yeah, on that, the one hand, she's very nice direct thing. and combative, but uh, I like the I like the the bioroid approach, the, the cybernetics. Uh, uh, mindset she has is very interesting as well. It's very easy to make a killer that just loves fighting. So <laughs> it's it's what I'm for. Um, so yeah, the I don't think there's any specific characters. Like I I was you know looking through the list of these other things you can be in this game, and I normally pick a talky character, and then I'm bad at talking. I thought no, this time I will pick something I can be really good at and just do it. And then I I guess there's a bit of Trinity in there and a bit of. Um, for some reason, I, I possibly just because of the name Diva from Overwatch, but that's not quite how it works. Uh, for uh, for Shell, I I, uh, I knew that I wanted to play a kind of sneaky character. I uh, I took a lot of inspiration from uh, characters like Silhouette, actually, uh, from Andrew Netrunner, uh, who is a kind of, uh, she's a stealth operative. She breaks into places. Uh, she's very hands-on for data extraction. Um, but I wanted to put a slight twist on that. Uh, I thought making it a kind of... Uh, rough and ready kid from the streets was a really interesting angle i could take um and uh inspired by i don't know all kinds of things like like aladdin right like all kinds of the trope of just being the kind of the kid who grew up on the streets but got learned how to get by uh i quite liked uh i quite like that that angle of it uh i'm not sure i also to some extent Maybe, uh, I don't know if this is something that you guys have done, but I've thought a little bit about an ultimate kind of end goal I'd like to see Shell hit and like ultimately what she would become. Um, and there's, I feel like she might become more combative but in a kind of martial arts kind of way rather than a, a strength kind of way. <laughs> uh, I think that that would be a nice angle to take. So I, that might be something that develops or maybe not. So in that aspect, I was picturing like a, so from the Marvel Universe, someone like a Black Widow who is surrounded by unbelievably strong, unbelievably powerful people, but ultimately uses kind of finesse and agility to overcome Come on top. Yeah. obstacles. Like, I thought that was a that's the kind of way I want to solve these problems. That's uh, really neat. So that was quite interesting. Obviously, she's not she's not uh, quite at that level, but maybe when she's a, an adult, she'd be something like that. I don't know. 
so Alex, you don't have a character, but uh, you might have. A, did you draw? Maybe you want to pick your favorite NPC. Did you bring specific inspiration into any of them? Not really. There's none that I'm like particularly attached to at this point. I quite love. Although now, now that we've gone through the full arc, I'm quite fond of uh, Alberta Chang just because. At first, you thought that Alberta had screwed you, but it turns out that they got screwed as well. So I thought that was really neat. Like, and I, I have some some little little headcanony stuff about um, Alberta Chang, but I feel like they are a character who could almost be a player character, um, but kind of wants different things, uh, and could easily be an enemy or an ally. Like, currently they're doing a bit of work that helps out Harris, but Harris had to threaten them a bit to make that happen. So. I, th- I guess that's my f- Alberta's my favorite NPC because I feel like you could end up in direct conflict with them, or they could be your your greatest ally. It's interesting because we haven't seen Alberta uh, on screen for very long, so we don't know much about them at all. Uh, I mean, we we have an image of them in our head, and we uh, we've interacted with them a couple of times, but we're very it's very foggy uh, about their motive. So I guess that might be something that develops. They're kind of a NPC that might recur now. It might be something, yeah, I'd like to see them a bit more on screen. Also the image, the picture I painted, and this is probably just because it was the very first scene, but the picture I painted of them uh, on their phone, smoking and drinking chai at the same time was like, that was an image that I quite liked um, and fits a perfect fixer for me. So I think- Was that a specific, uh, did you draw that from a particular character or a particular film or anything like that? It was very very kind of striking as an image, but I I couldn't place it. Alex likes chai. I do like yeah, chai, just, so I think just things I, Alex likes. Uh, so I think I probably took that that particular image as inspiration from uh, myself when I worked in catering, and you have like <laughs> you have like a twenty minute you break. A lot of a lot of me in this character. In which, yeah, you have like a twenty minute break where you're trying to like eat a hamburger, use your phone, and like drink a drink all at the same time. And to me, that was like it's such a perfect image of busyness of like always being on the move. In, um, Did you set up a naive gang with a mission? Yeah, to fail. So in a fun piece of characterization in Ocean's Eleven and Twelve, is Brad Pitt's character is always eating while he's doing stuff to show, and that's like coding for how busy he is is that when he's trying to conduct business he's also eating and drinking so like it's a it's a somewhat subtle piece of, of coding i think which is fun i have a listener question as well this was uh, so this is something i think we very loosely talked about um but this came in from uh, a couple of people but uh, in particular tom bowers sent this in uh, he asked what I, if our characters were netrunner cars what would they be so i don't know if anyone has any thoughts about they you don't have to plan it out exactly but just mechanical uh, maybe what faction you'd be in, even what side you might be called Warrunner. Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, it's difficult because uh, the, the problem with a Netrunner card is you, is you are trying to convey one simple concept, essentially, because that's what you're limited to. Uh, and a role-playing character is by necessity, by necessity? By necessity, a much kind of broader concept. Uh, I think Esteban would probably be a corp card of some sort he'd be a uh asset that has some synergy with biroids but i don't know what it would be oh okay yeah interesting like maybe he can uh i don't know fix them he, yeah so exactly it'd be something it'd be it'd be something like repairing them uh, return to hand or something in my mind this is esteban's like origin story is his corp card uh don uh what do you picture harris as apart from raymond flint <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that is an interesting one because i think a lot like chris there'd be room for harris as a, a corporate card representing sort of his his background and being more of um i don't know possibly something that helps tag runners and things like that um or on the runner side as well um i'm not exactly sure what he would do as a runner card because right right now he obviously doesn't particularly want to be operating for corporations um doesn't like them so much so it's kind of interesting aspect actually trying to figure that out um 
yeah, but I think the obvious option would be sort of a, a bit of a flashback Harris where he's helping corpse find people. Maybe maybe related to bad publicity or something like that. There's a detective, not a detective, but like an investigation inside of that yeah. who's that kind of military role. Hayley, did you have any particular thoughts about what Zen Bunny would be as a narrow? I mean, she's got to be Corp and she's got to be Argus or Wayland in some way because her whole thing is dealing damage to people. That's not really a runner thing. Um I, I, you know, the card contract killer already exists, and that's kind of her deal. She could uh, trash assets, maybe. She could, like, trash characters or executives, that kind of thing. I want to also put in some sort of can't harm bioids, but apart from just saying, like, at, don't shoot Adam in the face, then I, I'm not sure how you could mechanically express that. One thing that Zen does a lot is get in the middle of situations and kind of end up taking a bunch of harm, but also like making a mess and hurting a bunch of people. So you could probably do some cute thing where Zen trashed a corp card that you just put specified had to be non-biro for the sake of flavor to do some damage to the runner. Like that would be, that would be, maybe yeah, that where I would work. try and think of that thing. And then, yeah, you can just put in a dumb non-biroid clause simply for flavor reasons. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what you need to do in Netrunner, yeah. It's interesting that you all, uh, said that you would be corp cards because I, I feel like Shell would absolutely be a runner card. I oh yeah, for sure. Shell's got to be a uh, I, I mean, I'm imagine, I imagine a resource like a... Uh, the thing is, because it's infiltration type stuff, I, it automatically becomes exposed. Now, in the game of Android Netrunner, exposed is generally not a very good effect, uh, but I could see something like that. Um, I, I Sadly, I don't know what else that would translate into. Uh, maybe she can, when you make a successful run, she could trash some stuff when you get into hq you can like blow some stuff up because she does that when she sneaks in i don't know um sadly i think it's boring expose effects for shell <laughs> which is a shame until you gain more experience points absolutely yeah i like the idea that uh these these four characters these four cards that might exist could have some synergy if if they were played together as a team i'm not sure what it would be but <laughs> yeah uh alex did you have any particular thoughts on a character you created might be an error on a card maybe a both chang Hmm, no, because Alberta right now is a, is a complete mystery. I'm quite attached to Lily Magoro as well as a as a as a HB exec that like does whatever like gets shit done, even if it involves working with criminals. So Lily Magoro is probably like can do like two or three different quite useful things, but takes a bad pub when she does so because she's prepared to use any all and any oh, yeah. uh, underhanded methods to get things done. Um, but again, I'm not exactly sure what it would be, but it's like you can trash a runner resource or you can like prevent, uh, like, I don't maybe, know. Maybe you like, can uh, tutor a bioroid. She's good at getting bioroids, and, but using subversive means yeah, to get bioroids. Yeah, I feel like she should interact with agendas. Like she should be able to get the runner's agendas back uh, because that's what she did. She like disrupted oh, that's, their plan. That's quite but... nice, yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, anyway, that was just a, a couple of questions. It's a fairly interesting chat. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again. I quite like it. I think it'll be a yeah. nice... Uh, I like reflecting I on our episode. Nice little bonus bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's quite interesting to hear the motivation behind some of that stuff. So, yeah. I'll put another call if you have a question. Definitely send it in and uh, hopefully we'll get answered. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.